Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. fans welcome back to the black and gold hockey podcast in partnership with the black and gold production sports media company today is sunday january 31st and this is episode 214 we have a jam-packed show for you today so without further ado i'd like to welcome in my co-host heather ingerson what up what up heather hello mark good sunday to you yeah um (laughs) this is uh it's been interesting to say the least uh really getting into the thick of, uh, of this new division that the Boston Bruins are playing. And we're definitely going to talk about a lot of these topics that we just kind of came up with in the past 24 hours that we thought about the week. So here to discuss it. But uh, how are you doing uh, regardless? And um, what are your thoughts on like the kind of the beginning of the, uh, the season here? Um, well, you know, I'm a little, I'm excited. I've been happy of what I've mostly seen, you know what I mean? There's, I'm glad there hasn't seemed like a total drop off into the abyss or anything. Uh, but I'm also a like, all right, everyone slow it down. It's only been eight games too, and we haven't quite worked out what this lineup is going to actually look like when people are healthy or whatever. But, I mean, overall, you can't really be mad, right? I mean, they're, what, five and three and playing well. So that's yeah. good. How about you? Good, good. Uh, so far, so good. I mean, it's a work in progress. I think this team is building together. They're starting to see some chemistry, which is really good, and 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 some play of, you know, not so good hockey. But that that's going to happen. We're not going to go fifty six and zero or, or fifty six or fifty five and one. So uh, there's a lot of good things to build on here. But we, you know, you, we're at the top of the standings in this in this new constructed division. So it's good to see. So I think it's a good start, regardless of opinion and who's playing bad and who hates who. So let's. Um, Talk about show sponsor, betonline.ag. The Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on all the action at betonline.ag. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently three-and-a-half-point uh, three underdog against Kansas City, who's looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades. 
It's the GOAT against the next line. BetOnline.ag has hundreds of props on the games, including game MVP, margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. Always available online or on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline.ag today. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. Football's coming up. And uh, unfortunately, your bills are not going to be there. Uh, great season. Great season for them. I got to give you kudos on that. I'm not a football guy, but I know you are and you're passionate. And they, they, they had a hell of a year. So they congrats. Did. They did. That's what I said, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, I mean, you can't be mad. <laughs> you can't be mad about the season. And Kansas City, you lost to the defending Super Bowl champions. Defense had a little bit of struggle. It's all good, you know. They had a great season, but they're back, man. For all the people can just get rid of the joking on Buffalo because they're no joke anymore. So be prepared because next year maybe we are going to the Super Bowl. That's Things right. keep going well. So, yeah, I was disappointed. It was a long day last Sunday, and it was like, of course, this is, you know, whatever. But it's all right. Good chance. Going to be a good Super Bowl. Two great quarterbacks. Um, I'm not, obviously, you know, a Patriots fan, and but I'm not someone who cares either way on Tom Brady. I do think KC has a better defense than Tampa Bay. That's just me, but it's going to be a hell of a quarterbacking defensive game. And uh, if you're American, you should be watching Super Bowl Sunday if you don't like football because it's just what we do on Super Bowl Sunday here. It's a nice unofficial holiday. So get your bets in. Exactly. Okay. BetOnline.ag and use code CLNS50, folks. But we do have a big, big uh, topic agenda um, to go through, uh, lots of good ones, good discussion, and we should be here for a while, which I love. So, um, where do we go here, Heather? We are going to start, um, we hate starting off on like, you know, upsetting notes, but whenever there's really big news, I think it's important to get the, uh, gravity done with. And, uh, unfortunately this week, this is about, uh, AJ Quenta. Uh, he's a junior, I believe at Bishop Fian. Uh, here in Massachusetts, and he went headfirst into the boards. Um, he's had surgery. Obviously, it's still new. Like, with, no one knows, you know, if he'll ever be able to move or do whatever again. But um, GoFundMe exploded. Uh, they've had, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars donated. And uh, we just wanted to recognize, too, that the Bruins pledged a minimum of $100,000, and uh, the Patriots donated $25,000 as well. Bob Kraft came out with that, and... The bees played the other day. They had his jersey on the bench. If anyone saw that, not from the area, you might not know. That's exactly what was going on. And I just wanted from us to make sure that we say, um, you know, I'm sure it's redundant at this point, but we're thinking of you. Like it really, hockey is huge here in Massachusetts and really as a community and a family. And uh, it's always tragic when something happens like that's this young man. But of course, we're worried. We, you know, we send well wishes and we hope that he has the best recovery that he possibly can, you know, to go on from here and see what happens. So all good thoughts and prayers from not just us, but everyone at black and gold, because these are the kind of things that just, it's the reality check, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of what can happen in a split second. So just well, that thoughts and prayers. We are a hockey family, you know, regardless of how you look at it. I grew up in hockey. You, you're uh, bringing up children in hockey and you're just a diehard fan. So we're all a hockey family here. And when stuff like this happens, 
uh, it, it, it hits home. It certainly does, especially around here in the New England area. Um, but regardless of where it is, uh, thoughts and prayers from all of us at the Black and Gold Sports Media Company uh, to, to his family. And Class Act to all these organizations that are donating big money, too. So um, we'll continue to give shout-outs until we hear, uh, you know, a final prognosis on, on you know, how everything's going to work out. But um, one of his friends who currently plays for LaSalle College Hockey, I believe he's a goaltender, reached out to me and asked if I could get in touch directly with the Boston Bruins. And I just said I don't have that those uh, immediate connections right there. But he has some avenues that you can try. And I made suggestions and... Um, as that was happening, the, the, the Bruins, the Providence Bruins started coming up with things and, uh, it just really started, um, a media storm of, of thoughts and prayers for this, uh, this, this individual, this young man and, uh, and his family. So good stuff. So, yeah, so that not to move on, but we just wanted to make sure. And if you no, want to donate, you can look up name and the GoFundMe account and if you can and want to donate you know every little I'll, bit helps I'll post the link up here for the uh, YouTube viewers yeah and we'll make sure we get that in the show notes and look that up but okay so I guess we're gonna start at the starting point right uh we played three games this week we're gonna first talk about we had two games versus Pittsburgh to finish out the home stand uh overall I think it went well right we had a nice solid 4-1 win on Thursday uh, Thursday, and we won an OT on, was it Marshawn? I can't remember. No, Craig Smith, I'm sorry, won the winner on Tuesday night uh, in OT. Uh, how did you think about the boys? Uh, Thursdays was like an offensive explosion of like everybody's getting on the board, uh, lots of secondary scoring and what you will. Which game are you talking about? Heather, which game are you talking about? Are you talking Pittsburgh. about Tuesday? Talking about Tuesday and Thursday, we played Pittsburgh. Yes. Okay. So just overall, I was just given a little bit of uh, what the backstory was on those two games. We won both, won very solidly, won an OT, Craig Smith, how you at? And uh, yeah, no, just generally, what's, just what do you think your thoughts were of the little series versus Pittsburgh to close out our first home stand before we headed to Washington? We'll talk about that separately in a minute. Yeah, I mean... It was good hockey. There was, I mean, you, you like I said in the beginning, you're seeing the team starting to create a lot of good chemistry moving forward, um, especially against an offense like that. Pittsburgh still can bring it. You know, they it it, it might not be the the Malkins and Crosbys of yesteryear, but it, it is still competitive hockey. They're going to come at you uh, with a with a heavy punch uh, offensive up the middle. But um, I thought that the Bruins did okay by containing that and, and the trust and so on within the young defense continues. And they continue to, to just blow me away sometimes. Not so much the game we're going to talk about soon. But, you know, relatively, it's, it's, you're sitting at like a 92% on this Bruins defense for me. You're not really at a very high 90s right now because I think that they're still trying to shake some rust off and get into midseason form. So... But I just I expect this defense to be really good this year, just by the small sample size that I've that I've seen. I, I'm willing to roll the dice. I know a lot of people don't. They say, you know, the loss of Krug and the loss of Chara is going to be hurtful, and they laughed at me when I said youth and this and that. And and but it's just it's just all paying dividends right now. I'm not saying I was the right guy, and you know, see, I told you so. I'm not that dude. But it's just have some trust in the system a little bit, you know, and stop trashing how everybody drafts. It's just such a gamble. 
Well, I agree with that. But as a fan, like I said earlier, I'm also not going to lose my shit. Like we're now going to win the cup. I think they yeah. look good and I'm happy. Like, you know, you figure we played eight games, you figure three or four would have been like preseason games that nobody got to play. So you expect all the teams, right? The first few games. And there's some teams that have come out the gate. You're like, whoa, they're not playing. They understand this 56 game could be the difference between money for this franchise and like growing and whatever. But I also do like, it's not like I'm a naysayer. It's just, I'm a realist. So I'm like, they can't, it, of course it feels good. It feels especially good because some people, not us again, it's like a, you know, more even plane on most days over here. So it's like, yeah, good. It's turning out, but it's certainly not an N and I told you so situation yet, right. but I'm glad it hasn't been a f- disaster area either. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But um, we'll talk about a little, like we'll talk about it during Washington. I also think though, that as other teams get better too, and the schedule's condensing, like it, that'll be really to see. I mean, I don't think, again, I thought we'd be around third. I think we'll be in the playoffs. I'm not worried about all that overall anyways, but um, yeah, like it's great. Let's enjoy it. Like, I don't know who this fucking Nick Ritchie is. He must've had like a body transfer or something. I don't know what happened this summer, but at the same time, you know, like everyone, let's just keep it in perspective because yesterday's game when we played Washington, I think, you know, we saw a little bit different, not that we didn't, I don't know. Like we had lots of shots like we like, but maybe not executing as much as we'd like. And defense wasn't too bad. I mean, it could have been worse versus Washington offensively. You know what I mean? But you yeah. again have to also be careful when you're playing a sniping team. You want to talk about Washington? Uh, yeah. Uh, real quick, though. I, want, I do want to go back to the previous two games against. Oh, no. The, talk about Pittsburgh. Go. Just keep talking um, about Pittsburgh. No, but it's good to to really hit the heart of this um, of this new division. Uh, with uh, with teams like uh, out of Pennsylvania, just the Philadelphia and, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. I know we haven't seen them uh, on the road yet. We'll see that type of game, but it's good to get involved uh, this early with teams like that. And when the range is wow, what a, what a start for them. You know, it's I, I didn't expect that at all. I thought they would be up there uh, to kick it off, but um, it's it's just a real tight division. It's it's fun to see. And, and even last night's game um, against the Washington Capitals was interesting. You know, the first game for Chara against the Bruins, I thought it was, you know, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't the greatest game. I thought it was very stale at times um, in like a real feel-out process, which was very weird. Um, I mean, this is seven more games of this, so this might exactly be what it is. We're going to feel each other out. Trent Frederick freaking barking at freaking... Um, at uh, what's his name? Tom Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was funny, um, but uh, the, no, the... that's good though because if he's gonna play that role that you keep saying he's gonna play, then you're gonna need to not be fucked around with by Tom Wilson. But you also have to be ready. And I'm not saying he's not tough, but like Tom Wilson's like a badass. Yeah. Sometimes he, is. he doesn't play. Sometimes he plays a little dirty, but generally he's a very clean, just kind of general badass. You know what I mean? Like the modern era kind of. He's not an enforcer. He's the modern equivalent of whatever. Yeah. And. Uh, that actually, I mean, I think that also gives him a little street cred, right? Like, but that's good. Like, you let him know right now, like, you know what I mean? Because, of yep. course, he's going to chirp him. He's going to, Frederick's supposed to be playing his role. So, yeah, so you can't back down, but you also have to be prepared. Because if you chirp Tom Wilson too much, he will no, I, try to pound. I get it. You, but, no, but um, that, I, I don't know. I, I think it was good, that game versus Pittsburgh, where there was a lot of, uh, it was like, holy 
smokes. Look at this. We're spreading the points around. Like, look at this. Everyone's getting on the board. The people who you don't, you know, the likely culprits, Bergeron and Marshawn and Krejci, weren't the only people, like, making it happen. Um, but I also am a little worried about, um, like, we had a lot of shots on goal. Let me look. I can't remember. 43 or something like that yesterday. We had a lot of shots on goal, and we lost the game. Like, 43 shots is great when you win six to four, not when you lose in overtime. That being said, let, yesterday was a hell of a comeback. Yeah, it was nice to see Zidano. It is weird to see him in Washington. I'm glad we were in Washington and not in Boston. Um, again, it doesn't have to be whether you're excited or whatever. It's just, you know, he was our captain for 14 years. It's the first time we've seen him. It's kind of weird. You know, it's known as Bergeron, like, who has been the weirdest to play someone in the other jersey when they got traded. And he's like, ah, boy, Chuck, maybe. Like, you know, just it's weird. But uh, Pasta was back. And, of course, Ovi's out of quarantine. So it was just the setup for a good hockey game. I agree with you. There were, like, lulls in it. But, like, I'm still a little concerned when we put 43 shots and then we lose. Because we only put our goals up. It late in the game. Like right, right. Washington, they might not have put a lot of shots up. Like, they only put, like, what, 17, 18. I mean, they didn't really even have a lot of shots. They're no, the, I don't know. The it's way somewhere. They had 23 shots, and they scored four goals. The way that the... 23 shots, and we scored three. So... The way that the... Bru- be- the way that the Bruins are uh, shooting is unbelievable so far. They're, like, out-shooting their opponents so bad. It's, like, 270 shots to... I think 196. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous how much freaking shots they're putting on net, which is good. It's good that the that the coaching staff is putting more of an emphasis on getting it on net and creating second chances. But quality shots, a lot of these shots, you're just shooting at the dude's freaking stomach. He's going to eat that up all day long, and nobody's there. He's still going to get in there. But the offense is very good. I mean, the, you see, like, you see some spikes of. Wow, this is this is awesome hockey, and the five on five and the secondary scoring is being addressed. It's it's just good things to see right now in this particular part of the season. Yeah, it's like can we? It's just about can you sustain that? Do you know what I mean? Like yep. they have. I mean, it is what it is. The team's what it is. They're playing well. Like that's the only important thing. You don't need again. You don't need forty three superstars. You just need people who can win. But that does a little bit with the. I just, I feel like most, we'll, again, we'll talk about it a little later, but just generally, like, again, like, uh, when we played Pittsburgh the other day, four on one, there was a lot of good quality shots. Last night, a lot of shots, like you said, but not necessarily quality. And in the end, when we say shoot, shoot, we really mean shoot. It's, you know what I decided I like about Craig Smith, and I'll talk about him a little bit, is he is showing them how you don't have to look for the perfect pass 105 times. Shoot the in puck like you know what I mean and like yeah. whatever that dude's a beast but um overall though I think it was a good week yeah yep I mean they just it was exciting like yesterday the comeback but yeah is what it is. I mean it just shows that you can work together in in desperation times and feel good about yourself you know what I mean that's a, that's a Washington team across the uh the sheet there that is is very good offensively they're gonna come at you in 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 waves and in in layers um with uh with offense and you know the defense is, is okay i mean there's a signature hour obviously you get that reach involved and so on the lanes are gonna get a little shorter and blah 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 we we get all that about his game but i think that they're, they're beatable you know what i mean so 
You're getting me this, and you're getting me involved in the. You know what I means. <laughs> Every time oh, you do it, I start doing it. Don't start that. So I guess the overall question to me is: I agree with you. I mean, Pittsburgh can still bring it, but they are not Pittsburgh of like no. when you think Pittsburgh. They're still kind of riding that because they Jari shaky man. Um, I think Jari had a little reality check the other day. Um, when you're when you're the guy, you know what I mean, as opposed to the guy kind of having issues. So now you have to be the guy or injury or whatever. Uh, but my question view is that I kept thinking was playing Washington yesterday, I think, was a little bit of a reality check, too, about exactly because they have been playing well. But Washington is not the same as Philly. I actually was a little more surprised with Philly because they've been off to a little slower. They had been off to a little slower start than, you know, we had thought. Yeah. Um, but, okay, first of all, the best part of yesterday's game was when David Krejci yelled, so everybody in the world, national broadcast, radio, that's a fucking bullshit call. <laughs> that's a fucking bullshit call. <laughs> I was like, ooh, David Krejci, watch your mouth. Yes. Uh, but do you think it also agree that it was a little reality check yesterday playing a more kind of heavy fucking, like like Nicholas Backstrom's no joke. I love that dude. I yeah. Every time we play Washington, my heart is full because he's just sick. He really is. But they're a heavier team. They're, you know, whatever. They got the Tom Wilsons and they got the Obi. So what do you think? Overall, though? Yeah, oh, absolutely. They, um, this this was a good test for uh, the next seven games for the Boston Bruins against the Washington Capitals because, um, you know, the way it ended was was piss poor, in my opinion. I'm sorry, but that, that that's got to be a stoppable puck. I don't think Tuka Rask was on his game. And, in fact, I think Tuka Rask is injured. I think he's still injured that he's putting himself in positions to make a save and be that guy. But when he does that, he's stretching something out and he doesn't look comfortable getting back up. I don't think he's 100%, to be honest with you. And that game was against the, was that, that was the Pittsburgh Penguins game on Tuesday, correct? Where he got, he probably yeah. got a little He got up yeah. and it was just like, oh boy, he pulled something. Yeah. But then he played the rest of the game. Kudos to him for sticking around and so on and being that guy that, you know, wow, you know, you got hurt and you stayed in the game. Oh, Jesus. It must have killed the haters. But, um, you know, I don't think that, I think that something's wrong. I just, he doesn't look comfortable to me. And and you could definitely see it in, in yesterday's game. Yeah. Uh, that That's kind of a, I mean, he still played well, but I was surprised because it's like, even... Into when he stayed in, you could tell he wasn't, he was a little shaken up or something had happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we got through. Um, surprised Yarrow didn't play yesterday. You know what I mean? Just in case. But that also leads me to leave, like, they wouldn't really put him out, especially in this condensing, you know, if he yeah. wasn't okay to go. But if it's going to be something that could turn into nagging, though, I would rather Yarrow take a couple starts and take a loss if need, you know, if, yeah. you know, it's just three games, whatever. I don't know. Um, but I definitely, he did not look right, but he still played well. You know, he wasn't totally off. Some of, there are goals that he should have stopped. And there are also some that defense should have had his fucking back. You yep. know what I mean? Oh, Which I get is it. Just the I get story it. of a game. I get Anybody's it. team on any given night. Uh, but hopefully Tuka is all right though, because we're too early in the season to, Oh, no, just a lot. Like you said, the goalies behind him and Halak, the goalie situation gets a little more tentative no, behind no, them. And absolutely. that does concern me. But he did not look right yesterday. As a matter of fact, I would argue the whole entire Boston team looked off yesterday compared to what we had seen in the first seven games. Yeah. Uh, even when we were struggling, it just, 
it was a weird rhythm, you know, whatever. And uh, they did put a lot of shots, but not a lot of quality shots. So. I will I will tell you one thing, that this is the time for the Boston Bruins to address this if it is an injury and not push him. This is when you do have to ride Halak a little bit. I think that this is the time and not later on when you're trying to scrape for points, trying to get into the playoffs. I'm just... You know, I'm not. I'm not immediately calling the playoffs right now. I'd like love to see them in the playoffs, absolutely. But as of right now, it's just it's it's a strange situation, and I think that this is the time you ride Halak a little bit, get Rast to 100, percent and then bam, here we go. Yeah, um, I was thinking today when I was looking something up. I'm like, it's so weird to not put things in frame of the conference because it's really no conference. I know. And I was like, this is, shouldn't be weird to me. This is kind of how it was when I was a kid. But now, because it hasn't been that way for so long, it's tripping my brain out. Like that. The first, top, the first teams. four teams in each division go to the playoffs, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is. First four teams. And then, so you play your division twice, like first round, second round is interdivisional playoff. And then they reseed third and fourth round for the champion, you know, for the, I don't know if they're going to call it Eastern Conference. Maybe they'll, it'll be the whales and the, you know, That's, like, I don't Jesus. know. That'd be weird. Weird. I'd like us to still be grouped, but how can you do that? Because not everybody, obviously Canada is in its own division, but some of these divisions are mixed. So you can't really go East West. It's just kind of weird. Maybe they'll just name it the 2021 Stanley cup, you know, playoffs or whatever. But that will be even weirder if they don't award a conference champion or the trophies. I, I don't know. Well, this whole fucking know, pandemic's be... weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of injury, right? Grizz is out. He got hurt. He played. He came back and he played a game, but now he's out. And this time, Cassidy, this was, I said, it was a different injury than that other injury when he had missed a thing. Okay. So what's up with Cliffy coming in? How do you like, everybody loves Cliffy hockey, but how do you think he's been in there? For for the small sample size, he's been there since Grizz has been out. I think he's been uh, sustainable. I think he's been serviceable. I, nothing's really blowing me away yet. I think that with a little more consistency in his game and trust from the bench, I think that he'll get better. But you know, when, when Grizzly comes back, he's going to be the odd man out, I believe. You know, it's unfortunate to ride that rotation of of the expanded roster at, at, at some times in a 56-game season. So um, I, I think he's going to get his games, but I don't think he's going to get more than than what Grizzly could offer. I think Grizzly is the, uh, the higher card in the hand at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I, I think he's been okay. I mean, he... I like the way he can move the puck. I like his speed, and I like his aggressiveness, you know, but he's not one of those types of aggressive players that's going to knock a lot of freaking big forwards off of the puck. You know, he'll be there, he'll be that agitator, and he'll give you a shot after the whistle, but I just don't, um, you know, I think with more consistency in his game, we could see what we saw in the playoffs not too long ago. He's a good player. I like him. That's what I was going to say is he's kind of, everyone keeps talking about Bjork up on the, um, in the forwards, but Clifton's kind of in the same situation. Like he's played a good amount of games with the Boston Bruins, but now that the other kids are also pushing for those slots, he's got to be in the mix. Do you know what I mean? So like at this point where before he was kind of 
the one that was the go-to. Now he has Zaboral and Lozon and, that, you know, all in the mix, Vladar, whoever, you know what I mean, depending. Because Clifton has played both sides as necessary when he's come up, yep. which is good. We like versatility. We don't like someone who can only be on their side. He's He, uh, he did play the right side in Providence one game. I did see it with my own eyes. He, yeah, was, he so was a I, forward. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, I like Connor Clifton. I think it's unfair. To, you know, it's been a few days. I absolutely, Matt Grizzlick is always going to be in when he's healthy because he is one of your top guys. You know, I mean, he's in your top pairings either any day, most days. And he has been for a little bit, you know, popping in and out of there with when crew would be hurt or whatever, like pump, bumping up with Carlo vice, you know, and this and that. But I mean, it's nice to see Connor Clifton though. Cause I don't want him to be forgotten either because I do think he has a skill set. I, I agree with you though. Like he's feisty and he's a good, like get in your face kind of defenseman, but he's not a like, pin you on the boards defenseman or whatever, you know, that kind of knock somebody's, you know, he's not, he's not old school char. You know what I mean? Like that's not right. Or that kind of like defensive hardcore play. So, but anyways, it's nice to see him. I don't want him to get forgotten in the mix. You know what I mean? Cause he has uh, done a lot, but I don't know when Grizz gets back, do you think it's going to just go back Miller like, you know, Grizzlick's going to pop in, and then Zaboro and Lozon will stay. Clifton will be out. Yeah, I think that, that the uh, the trend that we've seen before all the injuries to, to, to Grizzlick and, and recent time out of the lineup, um, I think it's going to go back. I think it's going to go uh, Lozon, McAvoy, Grizzlick, Carlo, Zaboro, and uh, Miller, who's, who's been a pleasant surprise so far this year. Um, really... I'm eating my shoe on Kevin Miller right now. He's been a real good addition, and I just didn't see that coming. So, oh well. I was gonna say. Oh, I was gonna say on Miller though. Like again, I'm still pumping the brakes, dude. It's, you've congratulations. You played eight games. That's eight more than you've played in two years, and that's great. And again, I'm not rooting against you, even though I don't prefer you myself. I like I always say, I don't want my team to not be good. So like, if you're playing right. well, I'm happy and good for you as a player and whatever. But I still think he doesn't stick out to me either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the way, like a Loz, like you almost, and I don't know if that's because like Zaboral or Lozon or something, you haven't seen him. You're really watching what they're doing to see what they're doing. I mean, I think Kevin Miller's doing what Kevin Miller does. You know what I mean? Which is good. We need that. We lack that on the back end. That's one of the gripes we have. But I also, again, it's eight games. Everyone like, I'm not like the defense is playing well though. So I think it'll serve good when whoever ends up, whether it's Clifton, maybe him and Zaboral, they circle you back through or whatever. But I think Riz is definitely in and I hope he gets healthy soon because we have already played scarily. We've already played like one seventh of the season, just like that. It's already gone. Why is this happening? No kidding. Well, I'm going to handle this right now. We have another sponsor that I would like to talk to you about. And uh, let's be honest, we come here every week. We all love hockey. We're here because we love hockey. But you know what else people like? Great sex. That's right. I said it. We all love sex. We deserve more of it. We could use more of it. We deserve it. But let's also be honest, gentlemen. Sometimes when you're in the bedroom, it's like in your brain. 
you're on the breakaway like you're McJesus for the game-winning overtime goal and your stick doesn't get the shot off that you would like or maybe you have a little too much dangle not enough top shelf that's fine I'm telling you it's fine let me tell you about blue chew blue chew is the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis you can take it anytime day or night on an empty stomach whatever you'll be ready whenever the moment arises Blue Chew is made in the USA and is prescribed online by licensed physicians. So you, you do not have to go to the doctor and you do not have to wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy and they'll package it and send it to you in a discreet package. So there's no awkwardness or you don't have to leave your house, which is super convenient. Blue Chew is the fast way and easy way to enhance your performance and build your confidence in bed. And right now, if you go to bluechew.com, that's blue like the color, and you use promo code black and gold, all capitals. You'll get your order for free. You just pay $5 shipping and handling. That's go to bluechew.com, promo code black and gold. And next time you're in the offensive zone in the bedroom, maybe you can slip it five hole in the slot and everybody can have a good celly. That's it. That's all I have. We love hockey. We love good sex. Back to the actual hockey part. Yeah, we want to welcome Blue Chew to the uh, team here at the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. That was a fantastic ad read. Nice job, Heather. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yes, we have another sponsor. So helping cut the uh, out-of-pocket costs, and we'll do whatever we need to do. But that ad read gave me a kickstand, that's for sure. Well, good. (laughs) And I think we all know what I'm talking about, because if you're listening to this podcast, you should be able to interpret it. (laughs) Awesome job, Thank you, Blue Chew, for joining the... uh, Team. Yeah, and and my my um, media contact uh, for the ad reads. Uh, absolutely love the idea that you were going to read that, and uh, he said that's so friggin' badass, um, and nobody else is doing that. So great job, Heather. That was friggin' out of the park, my friend. I got the balls to read it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> exactly. That's why I thought it was awesome to bring you on and just like, hey, let's talk about it. Do you want to try it? There's another avenue here. And you're just like, absolutely. I was like, I ain't scared. I'm thrilled. Awesome. These are important things. I'm trying to make the people happy. And that's exactly. Hockey and sex. Oh, my God. You can't get any fucking worse than that. Any better. Better. What, what the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've... Like I said, hockey, sex, back to hockey. Uh, where are we going with this? Now I'm all thrown off. That was just funny. I'm glad I didn't mess it up. Okay. Ken Cassidy's... Oh, this is your favorite topic. Oh, actually, I should also ask you. I'm sure you were thrilled to see Parlin home in the lineup this week. I Not really, but I was really excited to see Pasternak back in the lineup, though. That <laughs> was awesome. Good to, Good to see him. Uh, rusty. Rusty, but... What do you want? It's been five months. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but another thing that's one of your pet peeves, and I knew this would end up on here this week, is can the Cassidy's experiment with Charlie Coyle on the right wing be done with? I know this is one of your personal pet peeves. I'm gonna I'm gonna yield the floor to you right now because I can see it on your face. I'll let you go. Go ahead. I don't get it. I don't get it. He looks like he's a deer in headlights most of the time. I just don't understand it. Um, and. You could have managed the roster a little differently by keeping Coyle still on that third line and then use somebody else on the right side instead of, I mean, and you brought Parlin home in there. So I, don't, I just don't, I don't understand it. It was, I, I mean, I, I got to give him credit for being the guy that's making the decisions, first and foremost. I mean, a better man than I. But I'll t- it's just, 
maybe this was just an experiment to see, like, hey, if I insert this guy here later on in the season, if needed, can we? Do we have the trust in him? You know, so. I think they were just feeling everybody out, probably just getting par in there. You know, he's probably more working hard in practices, showing that he, you know, can be an asset. And, you know, the same thing with Coleman, you know, against Washington Capitals. That was his first game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't played. So I think they're just trying to get these guys some ice time, maybe. I don't know, but it's it's not the lineup I, I would have put out there. But like I said, he's 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 the bench boss, not I. Well, that's not, see, that's the whole thing is it is a hard one. You got Kasha out and you got DeBrusque out. So like, like before he had the option of putting DeBrusque up with uh, Bergeron and Marshawn or whatever, you know, change it around. Didn't he? I think he might even put him on the right side with Krejci one day, but I can't remember specifically, but it also seems a little weird given your choices that you moved I would rather leave Charlie Coyle where he is and suck it up and say, all right, whatever. Parland home, not necessarily a thing, but you are now our second line right wing because it can't get worse than it already is, right? You know what I mean? Like what yeah. the, I mean, Parland home, we talk about it. it's not because he's not like he's an all right player, but we already have a million people who can do the same thing. And that's really what the problem is with Par Lindholm is like that was good, especially last year. We needed kind of a backup that was like cheap, that has a little experience. But I don't know if you're third. I'm just saying. So the third and fourth line have been our best lines all the all eight games. Right. Hands down. Right. Your boy, Freddie, he's looked good on both lines, you know, doing his job on those two lines. I don't know. I like the fourth line the way it was. I like the third line the way it is. And I don't know why you would take Charlie Coyle, whose fucking sweet spot is just driving the bottom lines on this team. Do you know what I mean? why you would take him and just plop him in a role that he has not yet shown you in two years that he feels a comfortable in or can execute. Now he might be able to move up and be the second line uh, center or whatever. You know what I mean? But like, stop make, trying to make him a wing. Like he spends yeah. all his time being an awesome center. So, and although he can, he can theoretic, theoretically do that, that doesn't mean it's just like we used to say, about the boy Tory Krug, like that's great that he can play the right side, but Jesus, could you get a right D so that he could just play the left side where he's supposed to be, kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I don't know. So that's what's mind bending to me. Is I just thought there were better options for him in that game. I, I, I didn't understand that move at all. So with like Stadnika and Bjork and stuff, like just pick a spot. So, like, okay, Trent Frederick's gonna be your third line left wing, right? Pick a spot for Stadnika and Bjork. And let them work it out a little. Do you know what I mean? So you can really see if maybe, you know what, screw this. We're going to bring in Zach Senishin and give him some time and see what he can do. Or even that would have been a good opportunity. You leave Coyle and leave the third line again. They're the two lines that are just driving this you yeah, know, you can bus on a lot of levels. You could, definitely, you could definitely use Bjork's freaking versatility on the left side too. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I I always question when he does that, but I also, you're always like, trust in the system. So I guess we got to trust in the system, even when we don't like it. So, right. Uh, and I know you really, really don't like Charlie Coyle on the right wing. I don't. Imagine I'm not a just, fan of it at all. I just, I mean, he, he, I think he had some bright points in that game, but I just, uh, I, I don't know. Up the middle, anytime. If like if Krejci needs to go to the right side, I would rather have Coyle up the middle. I I know it's crazy. It is crazy, but you know you that's, did not. 
I hope Chris Blackie's listening to this. You did not just say David Krejci should be his own right wing. <laughs> you I, oh, did no not kidding. just say No kidding. <laughs> you just did Break out the blue chew. <laughs> uh, it always reminds me when she says, my husband can't throw the ball and catch the fucking ball. Jesus Christ, David Krejci, he should just be his own right yeah, wing no at kidding. this point. And then we can leave Coyle where we like him. <laughs> but, all right, so that being said, I mean, I understand it's not a perfect system. And again, it's only eight games. But I just feel like there were better combos. But I, I don't know shit. I'm just a girl running through an agenda with her friend on a podcast. Let's be clear. I'm not trying to think I'm smarter than. I understand there are some fans that think they're actually smarter than the hockey people. I do not think that on any no. level. Do I think sometimes the hockey people are Just having wonky? fun offering an opinion. That's all. Yeah, just offer in my <laughs> opinion. Please leave Char- Charlie Coyle on the third right. line and or I guess make Creechy the right wing and make Charlie Coyle the second line. This is where I dropped the freaking oh. disclaimer. This the disclaimer oh God, banner right across year, the bottom. What if next year Creechy, instead of signing as a center, signs as his own right wing <laughs> and they move Charlie Coyle up? I hope he takes a discount. <laughs> takes a He's like, he, but still, even on right wing, you got to imagine David Krejci is a $4 million player. Because he's so. good. He's got lovely so. hands, and he's still got all the craziness we love about him. And he says things like, that's a Bush fucking call. I love that. It was just, I was like, David Krejci, you mouth. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about defense, right? Mostly holding its own. We've seen times where, like, you can see... Even Kevin Miller, right? Like he's not always like struggling a little on being defensive defenseman back there. Um, do you think they can hold it as the schedule intensifies? Like in like realistically, it is going to be different as this amps up as everyone else kicks off their rust. Again, it's not because I don't think that Lozon and Zaboral. Like and again, I always love to see Cliffy, but they don't have a lot of experience. Though not the way that some of these other teams in our division who have been playing together for mostly intact years. So what do you think? What say you about this defense? Well, to be honest, this is like a huge audition for some of these younger players on this defense. And obviously a veteran like Miller, too, for extra time, which I hope he doesn't get. I'm not saying it's bad and so on, but I wouldn't re-sign him for another year. Um, but um, what I do see about this is, um, you know, the Bruins brass, like watching these young kids. And as you said, later on, as this schedule intensifies with these teams, this new division and these powerhouses like Philly, Pittsburgh and the Rangers and so on, uh, are going to come at you offensively. You have to be ready for that. So, and it's going to get a lot worse as we get closer to the end of the year when teams are buying for hard earned points that you can't just freaking, you know, uh, hit or miss on with in a mixed uh, league rotation so this is all tight every point every point is a scratch and a, and a claw just like the just like last night's game you know going to overtime the Bruins got a point so that's points in I don't know how many games I think five straight so it's it, it's good but it's going to be a true test now if the Bruins believe in this defense next season and move forward and make other additions then then I'll be it they have the confidence but if these young kids don't perform and don't work out, use that freaking cap uh, hit that's going to be, I think, 36 to $38 million this offseason and address that need. And while you're at it, address a right winger, too, that you just allude to basically every year, trying to think that these plug-and-plays are going to go in there and, and fill that position. So a little frustrated on the right wing thing going forward still. 
Yeah, I think we have all had a decade, well, almost a decade, right? One was maybe eight or nine years worth of. Uh, it's been a while Horton. since Krejci's had an actual right wing. I think you Horton was the who. It's like you're never going to get him a right wing, Mark. Stop pretending like they are. They're just not. Like, and that's not fair to David Krejci. He's done his time. He has spent over a decade in this town doing Krejci things, which isn't always the thing. But that I would laugh. I would laugh my friggin' ass off. If David Krejci retired a Bruin and his number was going up, and in his speech he says, the only thing I ever wanted was a right winger. <laughs> All I needed was a right winger and another Stanley Cup. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, Jesus, that'd be funny. Uh, no, it'd be even funnier if he did the European thing and say something like, I'd like to thank all of my right wingers, all 350 of you over the years. <laughs> Actually, someone I think had tweeted something like, how many... Right wings will Krejci have this season? Oh, like, you know, more than 10. What was the over under? I wonder if you can get something on bet online on that. I'm going to have to check it out. Oh, my God. That's funny. Well, I should do a specific contest. See, on those 50. Just, how many just different saying. right wingers David Krejci will play with this season? <laughs> and you guess it right. How many marbles are in this jar? Um, I do have to say, actually, why we're just on defense. I mean, I do, I do like what they're doing. I still hold if defense doesn't look like it's going to be able to you know, we're poised. We're going to, if we're going to playoffs, trade deadlines in April and fucking mean it and go out and get somebody, you know what I mean? For defense to shore this shit up, to help. If we're looking solid and we need it, I'm sorry. We're like I said, we can only hold on to acids so long before we need to either use them as trade chips and get what we need instead of always getting, we get bamboozled in all the trades. I think like, yeah, I they're know. very, Brains so hit or miss. So, We're all right in free agency. Like the last one that was really good that blew me away. Not, not immediately. Not immediately. I will admit that. I ate my right shoe on this one. The, the left shoe's coming up with this Kevin Miller thing. Um, but it was the coil trade. You know, you, you got rid of Donato, who I believe was um, going to be in that bundle of entry-level contracts that were coming to an end that Sweeney had to freaking negotiate. And I just think that the way he was playing at the time, he was going to garner probably a little more than the Bruins would be willing to offer. So that was like a basic, you know, sorry, kid, you know, you got involved in this trade because we just don't see you in the landscape uh, as we're trying to re-sign people that are obviously going ahead of you, like Stednika and so on, you know. So I think that that was OK. But to get Coyle back and actually watch him and and his game. And I think that even Dom Tiano on Twitter said something about maybe maybe your fright of him on the right side came from his time in, in, um, in Minnesota because that's Don was basically saying what I was saying. That's how he looked in Minnesota. He'd go through stretches of, of, um, unpro un, you know, no points. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I, I was trying to look for a freaking uh, intelligent word there, but it was impossible in this freaking head. But yeah. anyway, um, no, I thought that was a good trade, uh, later on. So, and, and, uh, just don't move them to the right side. I think Charlie Coyle is a perfect example of sometimes when you move a player for whatever reason from the environment that they're playing in, they become better. Yeah. Uh, in Ryan Donato's defense, not because I didn't agree that it was time to let him go, because I was rooting for him, obviously, given the fact who his dad is and his connections. And he's, you know, I'm not on board. I don't, I don't have to love every home world boy, but we've like watched this kid grow up, like, you know what I mean? And everything like that. I think it. Uh, they should have left him at Harvard and let him play that last year. I think 
some people who are second generational players can handle that pressure and they can either become superstars or they can become, you know, they play in the AHL or whatever, and they still play good professional hockey. They like rise to the challenge a little more. And I think that maybe he just needed a little more maturity and stuff. Like, I mean, if you think about it, he had a very insular upbringing. He basically never really had to leave the Boston area. He went to school here. His dad was here when he was a kid. Like, this is his bubble. And he had his dad coach him and his uncle coach him and, like, all great coaches. But sometimes, I mean, I even had, like, my son's coach one year because his son, he's coach. He's like, I want him to have other coaches, too. Like, I can't always be the coach, you know, of him because just sometimes as that. And maybe had he had another year or even just his value when we traded him, it wasn't that high a value. But, yeah, Charlie. It's it's good to have multiple voices uh, throughout your development and so on, you know. You don't want to always want to rely on just listening to one because the fact is that, Sometimes you get the coddled freaking thing, you know, like, I don't want to listen to you. You're not this person, you know, so yeah. I get it. Um, I do also want to bring up, I think that often one of my pet peeves and I've been saying for a while now is I know whatever, how you feel about PJ Axelson, but PJ Axelson was our neutral zone guy. He just hung out in the thing, pick your pot. And we always have brought up to like, just sometimes we want offense to be better defensively. Defense can't do it all by himself. Like, you know, themselves either. Like you have to help defense do their job. Just like they need to help you do your job by keeping the puck where you need it to be. Um, I think that we are playing much better in the neutral zone than we have in a long time. Overall. I mean, there are moments, but I like that because we need Patrice Bergeron can't be the only two-way player. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, Charlie McAvoy can't be the only one expected to be the two-way defenseman to try and like get things done. But uh, yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up. Do you think that we're looking better on defense offensively? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? Are the forwards doing their job too? Yes. Yes. On both sides of the puck. Yes. I believe so. I think that's uh, I, even against the Pittsburgh uh, series, they were really containing their forwards back. Even the top lines, they were playing really well um, away from the puck. And just, you know, it's good to see something like that. I love PJ. I, you know, if you could give that guy a Selkie, I, th- I thought he would, um, you know, get a couple of them. Uh, just a unbelievable two-way player. And, um, yeah, that's a, that's a name from the past. I, 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 I know Barry's a big uh, PJ guy. He was a yeah, huge PGA, PGA guy. I see it. PJ's just sitting here to pick your pocket on the way by. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. He's doing his job. He's back. And, like, yeah, I like that dude. I know some people are thing, but uh, he was good at it. So, again, Trent Frederick, I'm looking at you. Wear that number 11 well. He or will. I'm going to find you. And I'm not scared of you, tough guy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm really not, but I'm obviously not trying to fight Trent Frederick. Okay, so um, we also have hockey coming up this week. So let's just run down a little bit of the preview. We have a lot of hockey, actually, this week. Uh, but tomorrow night we're going to play Washington again, right? We'll see what happens with that. Maybe we can come out with a win. It would be good. I'd like us to come out with a win on the second game, uh, maybe in regulation. I'm still a little concerned about too much overtime slash shootout. Not as much regulation, but again, it's only eight games. I'm not trying to judge the, obviously, the fractions and percentages are a little skewed at this point. But then we're going to go, we're going to play two more games against Philly, at Philly, and 
They currently, they played nine games. They have 13 points, so they're ahead of us in the division because we only came out with one point yesterday. Uh, they got six wins, two losses, one OT loss, and they're on a three-game win streak. We won twice last week, but Philly's starting to look more like the Philly we thought they would be. Uh, and barring uh, Kadahad having any kind of, like, I mean, at what point do you take me out, man? Don't let me yeah. stay in here so it gets to the point. But you're not the only one who's ever smashed a stick. All the greats have, kid. You'll be all right exactly. uh, in there. So we're going to play them twice. Any thoughts on playing Philly again? Uh, anything you're thinking of you might see in a rematch type situation or... Not, not really. I just hope that the Wednesday and Friday game, uh, it, it, they bring the the style of play that they did when they played in Boston um, for the first two games of the, that season, um, um, of this this season. Um, the the Washington game on Monday is going to be critical for me. I, uh, this, there is a day of rest. We're recording on Sunday the 31st, and it'll be Monday, the February 1st, when the Washington Capitals play. I honestly think that Halak should get that game. If it's in the schedule, then that's fine. I get it. Um, but also... I wouldn't be there's there's a day of break between the back to back on Friday and Saturday. I'd be a little concerned about the Wednesday game and 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 I'm still going back to Rask and his injury. Um, what do you do about that? Because the next two, the Friday and Saturday back to back, is going to be critical too if he's still injured. So or I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into this whole this this Rask injury a little too much. But I ju- he just doesn't look very comfortable to me. And I think that I'm going back and saying that Halak should get a little more time uh, in the upcoming week. And maybe is it time to give Vladar a, ch- a shot in one of these games? Like, I, like preferably Buffalo. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because Washington, we play at 7 tomorrow. We got. I just want to say Wednesday we play at 8 because I think it's the NBC game this week. And Friday at 7. Um, I think... If Halak is probably scheduled to play tomorrow because they've been doing the every other day thing or whatever. If he does not feel right on Tuesday, you need, I think, to leave Yarrow Halak in. Even if you want Tuka to play Friday, I think even because sometimes, you know, with like a, a, you know, you pull a muscle. I mean, it could be a pulled muscle. It could be some. Sometimes the extra day is just enough. Also, Tuka's not old. But again, when you are in your 30s and you've been a goaltender your whole life, your body isn't, you know, like, you know, so whatever. So I do think that that's a good idea to consider. Maybe Halak goes about, you know, two starts in a row just to give Tuka the extra because then you have the Friday off. You have Tuka. If Tuka's right, you can let him play Saturday versus Buffalo. Right. Play two in a row, test the back-to-back. If he's not, then it is what it is. Like, we go with Halak, we pull Vladar up. Like you said, maybe give him a chance versus Buffalo. But also, um, the uh, AHL Boston, uh, Providence Bruins are starting their season on Friday the 5th. Um, I believe that's against Bridgeport. I could be wrong. Uh, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We'll talk. I, we, I didn't even write this one down. I forgot to. But um, we should talk about it sometime soon. So let me know where what? you want to go with this. I was say, why don't we'll circle we got back seven to minutes. Providence. You want, you want me to talk about it now? Yeah, if you if well, just let me mention. Um, like Mark said, we're playing Buffalo on Saturday too, so we have four games this week before we record again. Uh, 
Buffalo last year, we won all three matchups against them. They're kind of, again, they're still Buffalo. You don't know what you're going to get with them. They've got some great guns. They've got two Rasmuses, which who the hell gets that? That's awesome. <laughs> That's funny. And, uh, but anyways, we're playing them Saturday and we're actually playing Buffalo on Monday too. So I guess that's just a little preview moving up to Buffalo next Sunday. We'll do more of like stat where Buffalo stands before the Monday game. Uh, but yeah, why don't, if you want, uh, Buffalo's got 10 points. So they're not too bad. They're four, three and two last year. We beat them, but they're a different team this year. So let's talk about Providence though, because the fifth is going to be busy. There's a lot going on for Boston hockey. Yeah. Um, the Providence Bruins start the fifth. Okay. It's a one o'clock game. It's going to be at Marlboro. Um, all, most of these games this season are all going to be at 1 PM. Uh, so not very good for the money makers. So the bean counters at, um, at AHL TV, when you're going to be providing a, a web stream of the game, which is awesome. This, it's a great, great platform to use. I use it all the time for, uh, not scouting purposes, but to watch the games and get, you know, how people, how players are playing, you know, evaluate and so on. So I work a 40 hour week job too. Not, I mean, the black and gold productions lead here is a second job. So, um, I'm not going to be able to watch these games. And obviously I didn't want to go and cover these games. I, I wasn't invited, but even if I was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I'd wait till October to get back in the rinks, hopefully uh, back in Providence or whatever. But um, but these games coming up are important because you think about the, the, the injuries or potential injury to, to Garask and what are you going to do with Dan Vladar when these games start on the fifth? Um, so in my opinion, if we had two healthy goaltenders in, in Halak and Rask, my go-to for the third would be Callum Booth. He's a, he's a pro you play him like the David Ayers of, of, of this whole third situation. You move Vladar down so he's playing. He's getting in game times and so on. And it's more than just practice. And you continue his development that way. If an emergency happens at the NHL level, Callum Booth can go in real quick and just salvage whatever he needs to do. But b- before that, a call would be to Providence to get Vladar back in the system. Or, or back up here on the on the taxi squad or whatever, you know. I just think that that's the way they should do it. Um, but with, with this whole thing with Rask, I think that now that that Vladar might stick around a lot longer to be that insurance policy uh, close by, especially on this on the road trip. So we'll see what happens. Um, but it looks right now to be uh, Jeremy Swayman, and uh, he's getting start this afternoon or tonight in the preseason game, and there's one game tomorrow, uh, both against the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, two preseason games, um, one home at Marlboro and one on the road, and then they kick off the 2021 campaign Friday uh, the 5th. So looking forward to some AHL hockey and reporting on it. So, I was going to say, well, this goes you and Tim Richardson's wheelhouse. You love your prospects, things that, you know, whenever – you can see more of them. I know it makes you guys very happy. And I know, like, again, I like prospects, but I rely on people like you guys and obviously all the great uh, scouts out there that, you know, give out the information to really know what's going on. I like to peek in when I can, but 
I have a hard enough time getting in the Bruins games. If I can throw on the Providence, I'm cool too. I always look exactly. at the highlight reel. You know how they do like the seven minute like video recap type yep. things. Like yep. I always check in with that. But um, that that is interesting though. Like I agree. Like if Ladas is gonna be probably one of our next goaltenders, like legit is gonna be the next like franchise guy or whatever. I mean, just as it seems. I would much rather him go back down to Providence. Where, Booth is where? He's in the ECHL? He, uh, he only played 13 AHL games, but he's been a journeyman down in the E um, most of his career. So, Well, just, I mean, in case of emergency, having him up, like you said, having him be the third person as opposed to Vladar sitting there. It's also hard, though, because you kind of want, because Vladar is supposed to maybe be one of the next guys, you know, him... Ideally, him and Swayman are probably the next tandem to, like, ride in this organization, right? That's what the thought process has been. You kind of want him to see some of that action because it was a little unfair to be like, hey, guy, want to play an NHL game? Why don't we do it game four or whatever of the second round of the playoffs? Like, oh, that's a good idea. Jeez, I just felt so bad for him. But here, hey, you want a new contract? Also, we're going to need you to go and net that. Yeah, that was funny when they did that in the second period. That was the fucking, if if the Kevin Miller thing was weird, that was fucking weird. <laughs> like right now, was Vlan, was Dan Vladar go, or Vladesh going, I will leave this bubble right now if you don't give me a contract. Sweeney really and Neely down there with a pen. <laughs> Someone tells Sweeney, bring me the money. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, that's a little off kilter, but um, yeah, what's about, uh, what's our time going? I, I lost about, track. We're at an hour, about 58 minutes, so this is a good time to hear from my friend, our friend, and a great friend of the Black and Gold uh, production sports media company, Bruce Sullivan, and he's the owner of Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He has some fantastic stuff, guys. He's got uh, hand-signed jerseys that you'll see here. I'll be posting them for the YouTube members. Please subscribe, by the way. Thumbs up. Um... And uh, some autograph pictures, uh, Bobby, uh, uh, Johnny Busick, and uh, we got um, Craig Gianni and so on. So we got some autograph stuff and uh, tons of tons of stuff that uh, Bruins related. Um, so uh, we'll Frank, hear. He just gave me a kickstand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, no, he's a great guy, and uh, he's he's our supplier for all our Patreon uh, jerseys, hand signed uh, alumni and current player jerseys. We have jerseys from uh, Sanderson to uh, Charlie Coyle. So uh, check out all his stuff. And uh, he does a um, memorabilia moment of the week on the program here as our middle um, sponsor uh, or or our middle commercial for the the program. So he's got a lot of good stuff. And if you're on Facebook, definitely check it out. Uh, He posts up several times a week and he does uh, great raffles if you just... Easy share uh, um, uh, one of his one of his things. You automatically get uh, into a drawing for a free signed, hand signed piece of memorabilia. So uh, check it out. And we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. This week at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, we are featuring a beautiful 11 by 14 inch Terry O'Reilly autographed and inscribed photo display from our exclusive signing with custom black and gold matting for just $59 and pucks for just $30. 
Both come with a hologram COA and a photo from our signing. We are also featuring a Phil Esposito 22 by 26 inch autographed authenticated special edition with black and gold custom matting for just $129. For more information on the dozens of Bruins hand signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at Boston Sports and Music at gmail.com and be sure to tune in each week right here to the black and gold hockey podcast let's go hey Bruins fans we're back we just heard from Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia if you're on Facebook check him out definitely give him a follow he does some great weekly prizes and has a lot of great signed, hand-signed uh, alumni and current player uh, jerseys and just a, a, a boatload of stuff. A basement full of stuff. It's unbelievable. So uh, give him a follow. And we want to thank Bruce for coming on and being our mid-show uh, commercial. So, Heather, where are we going with this agenda? All right. Well, thank you, Bruce. Um, this is just a thing to put in perspective uh, and this will kind of tell you how old you are as a Bruins fan, if you remember him never being a Bruin like before. But uh, by the end of the week, Patrice Bergeron's going to have played 1,100 games. And uh, Bergeron's played 1,100 games. He's so young, but he's been here so long. So that's what I mean is maybe if you're a younger person, you don't even remember a time when Patrice Bergeron wasn't a Bruin. It's just crazy to think about. And, uh, I mean, we always love to give – Bergeron props because he is just and you knew when he showed up here I never had a doubt that Patrice Bergeron wouldn't be the backbone of you know of this team and he was just awesome even when he was 18 or whatever he just playing in awesome. and he <laughs> maybe didn't get as much noise as Crosby or Ovechkin or, Mel or whatever but he proved his worth he's got four selfies to show for it you know what I mean and uh captaincy now that Z stepped down and he's now taken his role and uh I don't know just I want to give Patrice Bergeron some love any thoughts 1100 games with Patrice Bergeron what is everyone talked about what it'll be like but when Patrice Bergeron isn't a Bruin anymore that is gonna just be weird salt of the earth player um uh, puts his team above his his efforts you know just a what everything you've wanted in a player uh, in any organization, this is just the guy that you can build around, and and so many young players can learn from. Um, you know, basically the same role that Chara is involved was involved for fourteen years. You know, he was a backbone of of teaching a certain style of respect and and how to play on uh, on a on an NHL team for younger players, but also be that mentor for somebody that needed it. Um, you know, in the locker room, uh, whether a veteran or a younger player. So uh, he's just all class, and, and his numbers um, just constitute Hall of Fame, in my opinion. You know, his plus-minus is, is way up there. It's just a crazy, crazy number. Um, and I know that's not a big stat, but when you see, like, the couple hundreds, it's, like, it's pretty impressive, you know. So, um, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a tough day when he puts the uh, sweater to the uh, lo the locker room uh, stall um, and, and walks away. But you, you, everybody sh is going to have the, the you know the the outlets to research and watch his his uh, his career and and just and 
and just glowing it because it's, it's been awesome. And I'm, I'm proud to be a Boston Bruins fan and proud to have seen him uh, one season in the lockout year in Providence and then just worked his ass to, to stay in the NHL shortly after that. Yeah, I was going to say, Bergeron's like, he is, I don't know. Like, we have, every team has their greats and their legends, but Bergeron is the new Bobby Orr type person, just like the defining. I mean, even with all the great players that played with Orr, you know, uh, Busick and everyone, I mean, you can go on and on, right? Um, Bergeron, he's always had like a weird maturity to him. And I think he was still young. I mean, he was only what, 21, 22 when Zidane O'Chara got here. And I think- And Andrew Raycroft drove him into Boston. (laughs) Right, well, I just mean, I think that was good for him. And I think that Patrice Bergeron- helped uh guide Zidane Chara as a leader but vice versa you know what I mean yep. like he's a friend yep. he's a father figure he's a big brother and all of that um yeah so anyways I mean he's definitely I think a hall of fame player he's got all the criteria he's got uh, Olympic medals he has Stanley Cup he's had lots of all-star games he's got four selkies you know so what can you do? He's Patrice Bergeron. He's awesome. He's even been on the cover of the uh, NHL video game, which is prestigious. As we all know, that's how we judge everything is who makes the cover. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Patrice Bergeron is kind of crazy. But there's also been a few other milestones this week I wanted to mention uh, on the list that we had mentioned at the beginning of the season. But anyways, Brandon Carlo, he made his 300 games. Nick Ritchie made his 300 games. Grizzlick made his 200 games before he got injured. Uh, also David Pasternak coming back yesterday, got his 200th assist like that. And, uh, again, people are still chasing a little bit of stuff. So we'll talk about it as we go, but I just wanted to recognize that they reached those milestones just like that. I'm watching Krejci. He, well, I didn't, I didn't look with the, how many assists he has now, but he only had 22 left to get, to get to 500 assists. So one would think probably wow. by March, he'll have that because he's already, as always, setting himself up to, you know, whatever. We have our nucleus. Hey, speaking, nucleus, right? speaking of That's assists, um, with Bergeron's two assists against the um, Washington Capitals, I placed a, a future on that uh, at betonline.ag. I put $20 down. It's a very minimal risk, but high reward, and he got it. It was at plus 400 that he would get it, so I... I put 20 and that's to win 140. So I got my return was 160 bucks. Was that yesterday with the three assist game? Yeah, I bet that he would at least get two assists, two or more assists. And it was, yeah, I I won. So it's pretty cool. Well, that's good. Good I don't win often, but when I do, I'm happy about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yes. Anyway, so just to love the centers in the middle, we're keeping an eye on them. Bergeron who we love. There's, I mean, there's some things that are franchise records and stuff. Some of these boys are coming up on. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but also just solid middle. Again, this goes back. Lee Coyle in the middle. We like our Bernie. Yeah, no shit. We like our Krejci. We want our Coyle up in the middle. And, you know, whatever. We like Corrali. That's why he's down there, right? Or whatever. Like, whoever's... Well, I mean, sometimes they move people around on the fourth line more often, but whatever. So those were just a few things to mention this week that happened in there. Let's see what else we have. I think we're getting... Yep, we've got a few more, though, to hit. All right, so I guess this question is, is 5-on-5 scoring still a bit of a concern? We've played eight games, right? We're 5-1-2. and Good. We've got 12 points. Great. We've got 75%. Points, not that bad. 
but we've scored nine of the goals on the power play and two of them were shorthanded goals. I think Bergie and Marshawn both had one and 24 goals total. So you're looking at half of your goals practically still being scored on special teams. So even though we've seen better secondary scoring, are we still a little concerned on five on five, especially like say yesterday, right? They had a lot, a lot of shots. No, no, I, I'm not concerned. I mean, we're going to go through the trials and tribulations of, of coming back to uh, play. Um, I think they're still stretching their legs, shaking the rust off. As I said earlier, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be fine. Um, but obviously going into this fully optimistic, uh, because I do know that this is a Boston Bruins team that, you know, hasn't done so well recently with five on five scoring, predominantly winning games on their power play, which I continue to say you can't always do is rely on the other team making a stupid penalty just for you to go up one on them. I think you should do that, uh, man on, you know, five on five. It's just, you know, you got to get those numbers up, but things are looking good so far. It's, 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 you know, good sample size so far. And I know you love that word or that phrase. Sorry. No, you love that phrase. No, I know. I'm just rubbing it into you. No, you I, love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I yeah, like, I, I like it in layers. I, I like what I'm seeing from the first line so far. Bergeron doing it as his, at his age. Um, and winning me money is always important. Um, but also seeing it, Secondary scoring is coming from committee is, is good signs, good signs of a team that's that's ready to go to work in a 56 game schedule. Yeah, um, again, I'm there are some things like I'm ready. Like I said, I'm sorry, but uh, Nick Ritchie still owes me two weeks of good hockey before we even Stevens on that front. Uh, your boy Trent Frederick has looked good, but I'm not like I said, I sometimes players aren't your cup of tea. That's fine. Just like I say with Kevin Miller, but he's playing well. Great. I'm having a hard time still deciding, though, if it's like, are we this excited so far because, one, things haven't been a total shit show like we thought. Like, it could have gone either way, right? Yeah. So far, it's gone the way that we preferred, that yeah. like, people have kind of fallen in, and it's not going to be perfect, but everyone seems to be all right so far. No one's drowning, you know, whatever. Uh, as always, we have a million injuries right off the gate. Um, I would like them, though, to capitalize more for five on five. I also would like to bring up that I hate five forwards on a power play always and forever. I just want to bring that up. Uh, that happened the other day. I, I don't know. It made me circle to that. I guess I'm thinking because this, it seems like we're still shaping up to have the same problem we had Tory Kruger, no Tory Krug, right? We're still heavy on the special teams and we haven't really even executed really well on the power play either. So far this year, there's been a few games, but like that, I know it's been messy because Grizz was on the first unit, then he got hurt, and then McAvoy's been up there and then switching around. But the other day we had five on, five people on there. But I do, I would like to see some more five on five goals, especially against like a Washington. So tomorrow it would make me feel better. Absolutely. I do have to say there weren't a lot of penalties yesterday in that Washington game. I'm surprised because normally there are a lot of penalties in a Washington Boston game. Uh, yeah, but that's just it. I just didn't know how you felt more about the five on five. Um, I guess I would like to take a minute to say thank you, Craig Smith. This is one signing that none of us were, uh, I think, upset about when it happened. It was like the only thing that made sense to us in the offseason. Like we didn't understand why Ladesh needed to get his contract on the bench and we didn't understand why Kevin Miller was the first person signed. And we, you know, there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of waiting. Are we going to go after every single player that may or may not be available? Because apparently the Bruins are in on everybody, like all teams should be. 
Um, but Craig Smith, you are a shot machine. You're doing exactly what this signing was designed to do. This kid has 23 shots in seven games, and he's got two goals and two assists already. Thank you, Craig Smith. Welcome to the Boston Bruins. Glad to have you. I don't know what your thoughts are on Smith. I just feel like he's very noticeable. He's very noticeable on the ice. He's not Parlin home, who I forget is there. He makes, he's like Coyle, right? Like even when Charlie Coyle isn't getting offensive, you know, like points that game, he's doing something on most nights and you actually are drawn to him and you're not just like, oh, who's that guy on the third line on the right? You know what I mean? Or whatever. So any thoughts on Craig Smith? I'm liking what I'm seeing about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. I liked the idea of him coming to the Boston Bruins team as a consistent um, 20 goal scorer, you know, uh, and and, you know, reading some uh, analytic stuff from previous team, Nashville Predators um, and their writers over there. They say that he his uh, his metrics on on shooting and and creating a lot of shots. It was was off the charts. So. I think that that addition has definitely been seen and it's paid dividends so far. You know, I, I like I like the way he he uh, moves the puck, plays the puck. He's he's hard on bodies. You know, he's good in the corners and on along the boards and so on. But uh, he's also got that offensive creativity when you when you give him some space. You know, so I think it's a good addition. I think Sweeney was uh, was top notch on that one, and it wasn't the big addition that everybody wanted to see either. They wanted to really go after that predominant right winger or something like that, that big sniper that's probably going to cost you five, six, seven million. But it's just, that may have been a little bit of a risk to go after. And this might be a low risk, high reward. Uh, I mean, it certainly is right now as we sit here on July 31st, 2021, talking about it. It's, um, I think it's just one of those things that it's in a flat cap world. We're just going to see these smaller additions that, you know, we can take a low risk chance on to see if it's going to pay out. And so far, this is a top notch one for Don Sweeney. Yeah, I love it. It was a good cap hit. I liked it when it happened. I was like, oh, good. Well, this is something. It doesn't always have to be a blockbuster thing, but I think sometimes we don't always execute on, you know, finding that person. You know what I mean? I think that I like what you said is one of the things I really like about him is that this is a team that offensive creativity is something as part of what is kind of the purpose of this team. You know what I mean? You got crazy, you got, you know, just they're out there. I mean, Marshawn, whatever. I mean, even before that, like Mark Savard, people like, you know, just, you need to be able to not just run the drill plays. Although again, coach, bad mouth, run the right fucking play. He's just screaming at practice the other day, thing, which I just thought it was a like, oh, run the right dr- drill or whatever he said. Um, right. But there's a lot of players that look great. Like, I mean, every practice ends with a shootout, no matter whether you're a professional or you're a mite, but not everybody can execute that off of the practice plays. So like being able to make decisions in game time is what it's all about. It's what separates the really good players from the nod. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, I like Craig Smith, but I had a question because I love Anders Bjork and I know you like Anders Bjork. Um, do you feel like this week after all the criticism and stuff, which again, half warranted, half unwarranted, right? Like there's criticisms to be had, but there's also people who go off the deep end. Like, okay, well, fuck you. You were the same person six months ago. That was like, goodness, Bjork is the next blah, 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 until Jackson Nico was going to play. Then it was like, oh, Jackson, you know, I'm just saying like half warranted, half, you know, Boston being Boston. Um, do you think that this week he's looked a little more awake? Like whatever the criticism, and even though maybe offensively he hasn't done what we hope that he can do, 
do you think that Anders Bjork, I think, is showing a little resilience to like taking the criticism and maybe showing like, hey, notice me and I'm going to do the right things, coach. Don't forget about me. You know, I think so. I, I know it's not the popular opinion here, but he's not putting the points up on the board that everybody wants to see. He did get another one. Uh, uh, his was it his first of the year the other night, I believe. Um, yeah. So, oh, it's it's still a work in progress. Like we talked about the the low risk, high reward. They resigned him for a one point six million dollar year a year deal, for three years. So, I mean, I see him as an asset on and off this team. Um, when it comes to like the trade deadline, you know, if you need to make a move, you can you can make a move with him if he's not panning out. But I'm I'm seeing some things uh, uh, positive in his game, you know, it, and it might not be all offensive, but it might be on and off the puck, uh, along the boards, how he's transitioning and so on, uh, how he's how he's um, learning from a guy like Charlie Coyle on puck possession, moving the hip around, you know, and not allowing uh, uh, guys to reach in and so on. I think he's learning a lot of those types of games, and I think the numbers will come. Uh, and I know people are impatient, so they're not going to wait for that. But I, I, I see some solid things, and, and you can definitely see that in his game since like right around the time that you were talking about when he might have been criticized for some lackluster play, and, uh, and it wasn't very uh, appeasing to most. But I've seen the last two or three games, I've seen some positive things in, uh, in his style. So it might, that those small impacts I might be the one that Bruce Cassidy and coaching staff really like to see. And like I said, the goals will come sooner or later. The guy's got a lethal shot. He's really quick on the, on the feet and so on. So um, I, I'm still, uh, you know, let's give him a chance, guy. But uh, that leash is very short. See, I, I don't think it needs to be short yet because I think he's a player that, although he's had a lot of experience playing with the veterans, he has been asked to do a million roles, right? And now you're asking him after sort of grooming him for a right side, top lot, you know, kind of like, or whatever. Now you're asking him to do kind of different roles. You know what I mean? Be uh, where before you were putting the pressure to more on his offensive game, right? Now you're asking him to do being on the third and fourth line. You know, I don't know. I just, I just feel like I think we need to give him a little more time because if Cassidy's actually assigning him a role, it's also fair to ask to let the kid learn his role and work with what the strengths he does have. Because like you said, he has the offensive capability, but just maybe let him settle into the new role. Like the whole team has changed. Like yeah. dynamics have changed. And he did spend most of his time. He was the right. He was on the top line. He was on the second line. He was on the right side. He was on the left side. It reminds me of Danton Heinen when he was here and that utility kind of position that he played. Yeah. But you can't get mad at the player then, too. Like, yes, you should be able to be flexible, but, like, you shouldn't have to be the only person on the team showing flexibility either. You know what I mean? And especially, like, a young guy, right? And I think Dan Heinen, whatever, that played out the way it did. I still love Dan Heinen. I wish him well. I do think I miss this team misses him in the a little of the chemistry with some of these players sometimes. But I do think, Bjork, if you just let him settle in, just like we're going to give all the other young players some time, right? Exactly. Not going to add Jax to Nika because he got hurt or whatever. You know, like, whatever, that's fine. How we'll can work you, it again. Like, how can you seriously sit down and expect you yourself to have a young player adjust and create chemistry when you just toss them up and down the lineup? Yeah. It's crazy, you know? I get some players are like that. They get creative when they have new new, new line mates and so on. But when a guy that's trying to 
make something of himself in this in his NHL career, a young NHL career. This is a time where he needs consistency to stay with a, a player like Coil. You know, that drives that third line. You know, with, with I, I just like the way that that line is set up. It is it is just it complements the so much in 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 a game. Um, and it leaded by Coil, dude. It's just it's just unbelievable. Well, no, I agree with you. I, I know your boy Trent Frederick has been fine on either line, but I actually prefer him on the fourth. Like, if that's really his role, right? Like, yeah, if you get some offense from him, great. But he's he's a good fourth liner for what he is good at. You know what I mean? And him, I love that line. I also agree with you that I think that Anders Bjork, Charlie Coyle is like, could be his Patrice Bergeron. Do you know what I mean? Like, teach a, he's fast like he is too, right? Because Bjork is... He's quick, like you said, you know, he's kind of a move and go. I like with having Smith there because Smith does have the creativity to help, you know, uh, open up play, things like that. Um, and I, I do, I agree with you. I think if you let him maybe have the center for a little bit, he can do what you need to do because Andrews Bjork reminds me a little of, I mean, Jake DeBrusque obviously has had, he has a little more to answer for when he's not performing. But Andrews Bjork reminds me in, like DeBrusque, because DeBrusque, when DeBrusque is on, he is brilliant. He's really good at everything. When he can stay on his feet and he gets his ass in front of that net and, like, he knows he's a kid that, you know, he's either knows how to shoot and he's putting up, you know, whatever, five points in eight games, or you don't, he doesn't perform at least on the offensive side that you want for that's how I feel like Anders Bjork is. Cause he's had times when he was on the top line, you're like, Oh shit, this kid can hang. Like, you know what I mean? And then there are times where you're like, Oh, but yeah, let's just settle down and let Anders Bjork stop bumping around. Sorry. I don't mean to go off on a tangent. I just wanted to bring that up. It's okay. Um, we're so actually, we're, we're actually getting through this, this agenda pretty quickly. So yeah, I was going to say we're almost done too. Um, I just wanted to bring up that, uh, just a, a wobble update, right? We've been mentioning the NWHL this whole time. So let's not, not finish that out since we're coming up on the last week of that too. Uh, things have changed. The Riveters had to leave because of COVID concerns. They had some people test positive. So they chose to withdraw and leave Lake Placid to not, you know, obviously put everyone else at risk. Uh, big news that discover sponsored the NWHL this week. That's huge. Like a first major super corporate sponsor on something. Yeah. Um, we're going to skip all the like drama stuff. All I'm saying on it is, you know how I hate the wah wah crowd to like, uh, I'm always looking for a thing. I also think that things just degenerate into craziness when, social media and things like that are involved. Uh, so, that was that was crazy. And and yeah, I, I know, didn't know if you wanted to talk about it or not. I just I, I, I don't want to get I don't want to dive deep into it. Yeah. I don't think it warrants a discussion about that. Exactly. But I do want to say that I just I really find it hard to to fathom that the a league that deserves attention um was biting hands of those that were offering platforms to do so. And, you know, I think that that was just, um, I don't know, kind of a really messed up area to, to do. I think Eric Ardenian, I think that's her, Erica, uh, the leader of Barstool, um, you know, I think that she was doing a great thing and I, you know, promotion never hurts. I just, I, I didn't understand that angle and, uh, Dave going off on a certain Boston writer, it was, uh, in my opinion, absolutely warranted. You know, I don't think that that was right. I, I think the 
just the attacks. You know, if you don't like something, just scroll on by, don't follow, don't pay attention. Why do you have to get involved in everything? This is why social media is so trash. It's because you have an outlet to freaking poke the bear. And when the bear is poked, be ready. I mean, it's slander. It's actually slander. I have a few thoughts on that just real quick that, I mean, just as a woman, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I can't, I'm all for like empowerment and feminism and all that. And I, but not every woman is the same. Okay. So for me, I understand misogyny and sexism, but it gets too much for me when people are always, it's always misogyny. It's always sex. I can't deal with that because that's not true. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm just saying Barbara Walters, like it sucks, but you know what? Be grateful that you don't have to live in the world where Barbara Walters was trying to be a journalist kind of thing, right? I'm all for changing shitty culture too in life though, right? But my, this idea like, you know, yes, everybody has to be on the same page of whatever, equality and diversity or whatever you want to say about it. Like say on that end, but also they're just like we say about the NHL players, they're individual humans. They have the right to have opinions and you cannot expect all the women just because they're women and it's women's, you know, like they're obviously going to have their own thoughts and opinions on how that should be. Right. And then you have the situation where, yes, Barstool, they have had, they've done great things to support women's hockey. But as much as you know how a certain people in that crowd, I'm not, I may have had a moment where yeah, I just, chuckled. A little. I also think that it degenerated into fucking stupidness because how you're doing it now, because you do have the power and the influence also kind of undermines your point of supporting it and creating this bomb between this reporter and you guys. You've now created a bomb within the organization, whether they need sponsors or not. Now you're trying to set players off against each other. And that I have a problem with because the WHL has the right as a organization and, you you know, whatever to come together and make their decisions for what's best for how they want their league run too. And you know what I mean? Because now it's like immature versus immature. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, man, yeah, these yeah. people. And um, I don't, I do not actually respect anybody who can throw their shit out there, but has only your followers, can, only the people you say can answer back. I don't think it's, I don't think shit has to always be taken on social media and shit, but I also think if you are going to take it to social media, you better be prepared for what kind of fucking storm that can happen. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I hope it all works out. I, I just, I don't know. I would rather though, um, concentrate on, you know, that's a big thing for me. I just, I don't, I, this idea that all women have the same thinking is just ridiculous because everyone has a different level of tolerance or experience or whatever. You know what I mean? Like some people, maybe that's all you've experienced is like that kind of like hold the woman down kind of like thing. I also think that as a woman, I think that women, you know, whatever. I mean, America had to side with Stalin, who was one of the worst dictators ever to live. But you know what? We fucking beat Adolf Hitler. So here, here to that. I'm just, right. you know, sometimes, you know, that's just me. But I'd rather focus on a lady. So the Boston Pride, who actually are playing at three o'clock this afternoon, um, they had to revamp their schedule. They were play they're going to play the Buttes now. This will be the second game of a best of three series between the Buffalo Buttes and the Pride. Uh, they play again tomorrow as well um, at three o'clock tomorrow. I, oh, actually, I think it's 830 tomorrow. So this is going to determine, I think, the fourth seed or something like that. They're playing out because of point wise. The girls have had a little bit of rough about in the bubble. That's all right. Uh, and then. Wednesday, they have 
so after Monday, then they're going to have the games, you know, seated to see who moves on to the semis and the finals, which we've said already will be on NBC Sports uh, on Friday and Saturday. Uh, so anyways, but what was very encouraging to me is that it was like 18,000 people on Twitch that watched that Buffalo Buttes, Boston Bruins. Now you can argue, obviously Boston and Buffalo are huge hockey towns. Like Buffalo might not always have a team, but they are huge. They love their team. They love their sports teams in Buffalo. No fucking around. They'll kill you over it. You know, you want to tell me Dominic Kasich isn't the best. <clears throat> like I just, okay. But um, that's awesome. 18,000 people to tune in. Yeah. It's been, it's been really good. And, and Twitch has been often a really good high definition option for people to, to watch. You know, I've been watching a few games when I'm not tied up um, with uh and business stuff. And, and I have availability to sit down and watch the ladies. It's been uh, really entertaining hockey sucks about the New York team and the, the COVID cases, but that's the um, unfortunate life in, in uh, today's uh, pandemic world. I hate to put it in those terms, but it just, it's been so freaking long and this and that. So, you know, I, I wish the best, uh, to the Boston pride and, 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 and women's hockey. Absolutely. And, and my comments earlier weren't, weren't directed in any hateful manner or anything like that. I know this is a social platform and so on and, and blah, blah, blah. But I, I never, uh, you know, I don't direct any hate towards that. I just don't like the way it was done. Um, I, you know, that's that's just my opinion. I'll leave it at that so we can get the show uh, moving on. No, absolutely. You support hockey all the time. I Like you said, it just it got a little messy and thing and everybody has an opinion on it. But we certainly do not want to encourage any of the dramatic. Ex- you know, you can have the conversation about the top, you know, the root issues or whatever going on in that whole situation. But we certainly are not endorsing getting into the drama because we do not work for any of the companies or pe- and we are not associated with any of the people involved with everything. But we just want to wish uh, the Boston Pride and all the ladies again, the the Riveters, it really, really sucks. They're a great team, you know, and sucks they have to go out. And you know what? I can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to. I have to congratulate the Toronto Six. Their inaugural season is this crazy COVID year. They came into the league in the bubble, and they're having a pretty good run for themselves for the first year out. So I will give them credit where they're due. Welcome in, Toronto Six, and uh, glad to have you. So that's that. Uh, round Robin again. So Twitch is, like, you can, I just click frankly, in Twitter on the thing when I'm like, oh, yeah, the game's starting. I'll click on the link, and it's worth it. Check in. Uh, round Robin, you know, starts – supposed to start today, but there's still a little bit of um, – like I said, they have to play out. They had to revamp the schedule. Okay, well, with that, that's all the topics. Can you think of any other topics besides hashtag – we're going to do our hashtag Ask me and G's next. Okay, so now it's time for the hashtag AskBNGs. As a reminder, you can always send us your AskBNG questions, hashtag AskBNGs. Please use the hashtag AskBNG. Do so it. let's ask BNG. Well, first, I'm going to ask Mark. But um, Maria of Watertown, our friend, we love you, Maria. Hope all is well, uh, says, once Nebraska's healthy and back in the lineup, how long is the leash on waiting for this player to produce on a consistent basis as always maria with the great questions oh that's a great question um that's it's oh wow <sighs> do you think that if debrusque doesn't start producing like he should he's going to be on the trade block i kind of think that that's the way they're looking at it he signed a two-year deal short bridge short bridge and to another team a a, a full year of negotiations might be attractive to a young player 
Um, it depends. I think he's going to be arbitration rights at the end of it. Uh, I don't know how much that's going to play into it for another team. I don't know. I kind of think that he would be a piece if you're if you're if you're looking to address uh, something. Um, but I I just for the player's sake, I really want to see him get going. But I do understand that uh, fans are impatient, and I I totally get it. Totally get it. I'm impatient with his with his inconsistencies point production wise. But there's a lot of things that you could look at his game that he does positive. But I know the bad are currently outweighing the good right now. So. And also his teammates like him. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't seem to be like, oh, it's this kid that just like. No, I think he's well liked and, and I think he's just trying to find his way into the league. And, you know, the Bruins are giving him a chance right now with this two-year deal. But they could also use that two-year deal, you know, as leverage to possibly address a needs elsewhere. So I'm on the fence with him. Fence guy, you know that. Yep. All right. Thank you, Maria. Uh, our friend Clovis Roy asks, uh, Sam Bennett wants out of Calgary. Does Sweeney at least take a flyer on him? I think he could possibly help Boston down the stretch. I don't know much of this player. I don't get uh, out of my Boston Bruins organization much as an overall hockey scope. Um, but he is young. He's talented. He He might be that that beneficial, um, you know, let's move him to see if he can get um, creative elsewhere, much like Coyle did with Boston and and a player that you uh, brought up earlier. I can't remember the name. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I like Sam Bennett, and you're right. Like, he is young, and maybe it's change of scenery. But at the same time, I think it's a little counter- I don't know. Like, I feel like we're more just doing what we always do and end up with the same kind of players all in the same spot. And we're still going to have the issue of what do we do with all these players in the same spot? You know, I guess. So it's not really against a Sam Bennett. Idea. It's just a Sweeney's got to figure out what he's doing with what he has and what that, because this off season has to be important for the Bruins, whether it's making a decision on who we're keeping and who we're going to go after and mean it. Cause like everyone keeps saying, Oh, well, here's a tip. This is Boston. So we could get all that money for cap space and still not necessarily make, um, yeah, I don't know, like yeah. long-term impact either way on the if, cap. Or yeah. I'll tell stuff. you something right now. If this, um, off season, uh, if this season doesn't make a break Don Sweeney as a general manager, this off season might, if he doesn't address needs that are championship worthy or driven, like a high profile forward, they'll have the money and a high profile and, and a defenseman, a legitimate experienced defenseman that is going to, you know, uh, is, is a puzzle piece for a cup winner. Then I don't know because you got the space, you got to do it. Yeah, that's what it's just it's just hard to tell because I don't necessarily feel once we have I mean, I don't it's like not an egregious cap hit or anything. So that's not really the problem. It's just like I said, I feel more like the skill set that he had and whatever that we have a lot of kind of that already. I mean, I think maybe he has a little more experience than obviously some of the homegrown stuff we have here. But is that worth even moving it? But I mean, you always take the flyer clothes always because yep. Always answer the phone. Back. I mean, you can give away 
So, I mean, we usually give away everything, but you can also be given just some stuff too. So uh, depending on what he would be looking at going forward, because like Mark says, we always have to look forward to Seattle draft, what the cap will be, like how long do we have you? Is it just we'll go through all of this and you'll be here for three months and, you know, you won't resign, you know, or like how long is your term, what you have? So thank you, Clovis, as always. Um, Northern Light Sports, they asked us when slash if, DeBrusque and Kasha return, assumes Danica is healthy. Who do you sit and how do the Lions look? Oh, Thank you. I said to them. Got to bring it down to either Bjork or, or DeBrusque. It's, um, it's really a choice of uh, who's inconsistent at that point, you know, and who's struggling, who needs uh, possibly a view from wherever the floor they are <laughs> that they're playing on, wherever – their press box is, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a definitive answer for that. These guys, these guys are funny, so it doesn't matter what I say. I'm probably going to be wrong anyway. Yeah, well, my thing is that I think that DeBrusque is, Stanika hasn't, as much as I know everybody loves him and wants him to do whatever, he also has played six of these eight games and, you know, to me, he's kind of in the same situation as Bjork. Like he's looked good at times and you like what he's doing. He's young and doing young kid things. You know what I mean? Uh, but he also hasn't done anything that makes me say, you're absolutely the one that's staying in this lineup either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yep. it's a hard decision, but I mean, you really, before you decide, you really have to look at what you're doing forward. So like with Jake DeBrusque, you know Jabrus is going to be there. He's going to be probably Krejci's left wing because that's where he's at. And if they want him to either get better to move him or better to keep him, they're going to probably keep him where he's most comfortable. They, he won't, because of injury, be the one bouncing around. He'll walk back in. Kasha, on the other hand, he may be a candidate for setting his ass down because you, depending after when he's back, you might decide Jack Stadnika is the better option there or whatever. Even shoving Anders Bjork there, never Charlie Coyle. Uh, you know, so... That's really hard for me to decide because no one has stood out so far to me that I'm like, oh, yeah, this kid's definitely going to keep this spot when people are back. I just want people to be healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's hard for me. I like Anders Bjork. You know what I mean? Yeah. The logical thing says that. I'm going to get Bjork's a ticker for you. You know what it means. <laughs> it's getting late in the show. It's harder to concentrate later in the show. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, let me just check. I believe that's all our hashtag Ask BNGs for this week. Thank you. Please send them in. Uh, again, all even if it just comes off the top of your head, send it on out. Okay, because we like asking questions. We can't just always be droning on and on and on at each other. We need to have everyone involved, and we like it. And also, um. You know, just I can't be in my own Bruins head all the time. I need to know what other Bruins fans are thinking. All right. With that being said, Mark, do you have a This Week in Bruins history? I do. And I reached out to, um, well, I didn't reach out to. I went to his uh, Twitter account. His name is Mike Comito. Give him a follow, at Mike Comito. He does uh, hockey history. And he wrote a book, too, uh, Hockey 360. Um, 365, sorry. Um and uh, on this day in 1971, this is January 31st, 2021. But in 1971, on this day, Bobby Orr scored twice, giving him 100 career NHL goals. Pretty freaking cool. Yeah, I love. I follow him. I love seeing the facts. Oh uh, yeah, he he's a great author, man. Great author. 
Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of it, I just want to not to like bring things down, but today is January 31st. And I, as we're starting to get ready to, you know, just kind of wrap up, I did want to mention that we lost someone that we knew a couple days ago. Um, our friend, Jamie Kennedy, I was thinking of it. I was going to mention her uh, today would have been her birthday. So that's why I wanted to bring up and just give out condolences to her friends and family and everyone thinking of her, but uh, she was a Washington fan because she grew up in Maryland. And uh, I think she probably, she always, you know, she cheered for the Bruins too, but uh, absolutely. I think she would have loved that OV just did OV things in overtime. So uh, anyways, I just wanted to give condolences out to uh, our friend, Chris Brown and uh, you know, all her friends and family, because she had a lot of friends and family. She was a very social girl and uh, she'll be missed. Yep. I just wanted to say that, but um, all right. I think that's it for the agenda. I want to say go to blackandgoldhockey.com where you can find out all the latest articles, see all the awesome podcasts and other things from Black and Gold Production while you're there. Make sure that you go on Fanatics. If you want to go a little shopping, uh, use the link and listen every week and rate and review this podcast. Follow the writers. Follow me. Follow Mark. Yes. And uh Follow Black and Gold. Awesome. Do you want to talk about Patreon and Steamyard and all that? I will. I, I, but I do want to mention that we are looking for writers. So if you have a creative mind and have, and uh, want to express that uh, via text, and uh, you know it's a five hundred word requirement per article, so it doesn't take a hell of a lot of time to get your point out. And uh, and if you can do it respectfully, we have a, a spot for you. So we're continuing to uh, build on our sports media company. Uh, covering the Boston Bruins, we cover from the NHL down to the prospects worldwide. So, if you if, if you have uh, some writing skills, please uh, send us an email. Uh, you can find us in the show notes. Uh, you, uh, we have show notes on Twitter. I'm sorry, on YouTube. So you can follow us there too. Uh, but we're just looking for more uh, uh, contributors to pump out daily articles, which we've been doing every day since October first. So we got a nice little streak going. And we, we do podcasting, too. We have a podcast network. We're looking for shows there, too. We're bringing on three or four pretty soon. We might be expanding. We're not sh totally sure yet about that. Let's see if we can get some consistency with the crew that we have. Great bunch of freaking people that we have, too, by the way. Go to blackandgoldhockey.com and click on our podcast network. Um, Patreon. Hey, and it's time to talk about our Patreon campaign. If you want to get involved in all of these awesome um giveaways that we do we we buy stuff from fanatics and um we give a fanatic item or uh, a black and gold hockey podcast item away at least once a week and we do give away the jerseys once a month hand signed boston bruins jerseys so if you want to get involved please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast details are right down below uh and donate just one dollar to get involved like I said, we give away a, a Bruins-related prize every week, but we give away a jersey hand-signed by either a Bruins alumni member or a current player uh, once a month. So it's just a dollar, folks. And we're probably going to do four, maybe six programs a month. It's a very short investment to win uh, a pretty, some pretty decent prizes. But this week, we're going to draw for the end of the month and uh, we've already given away a jersey, so this is just a Bruins-related prize. So I'm going to spin the wheel right now. Here we go. Can you hear the wheel? Yes. That's funny. <laughs> Cameron Young has won a Bruins-related prize, so congratulations, Cameron. 
So hey. that is it for that. Um, like I said, please get involved. We got a lot more stuff coming up. I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of purchases with Bruce Sullivan from uh, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. I messed that up again because I don't have it in front of me. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing a ton of stuff. And, we, and it's been a lot of fun and a lot of easy doing the shipping logistics out of here. And uh, surprisingly, um, delivering to other countries isn't that bad. So I thought it was going to be a lot more expensive, but it's really not too shabby. So get involved in that. Where are we at? Because I lost my agenda. I was going to say, um, yeah, just join Patreon, you know, follow whatever. Uh, we appreciate the support. And yes, also, absolutely. Like said, it's kind of like getting a raffle ticket. You know, yep. you pay four bucks a month or whatever, uh, you know, more if you want, you know, but at least a dollar a show. And it's like investing on a potential once a week win on something. And it helps us um, out. It certainly helps us yeah. out. And in turn, we have the extra money to help you guys out and give you uh, the financial supporters uh, something back in return. And Tuesdays, you do your stream, live yeah. streaming. I, we were going to maybe live stream yesterday. And this yes. is what you have to remind me is that when I say I'll get back to you, like at noon, send me a text, be like, hey, you want to still do that or whatever. Um, but the boys are going to live stream on Tuesday. Uh, Mark with some of the Dump and Change boys, sometimes some of the other black and gold or other friends stop in to stream. Maybe I'll stream with you guys this Tuesday for dropping the ball on Saturday. Maybe we can discuss the uh, second Washington game together on Tuesday. We could definitely do that. Do definitely but, uh, do that. I sit with the uh, black, uh, the Dump and Change Hockey Podcast guys, uh, Nick Busa and Jared Martin. Those are my boys over there. We have a lot of fun. Uh, last week we streamed the Pittsburgh Penguins game, and that was uh, three and a half, almost four hours of a live stream, having some adult beverages, talking hockey. It was a lot of fun. Um, and boy, does he shit on Jared. <laughs> I love it. Um, but no, it's a good time and so on. We stream on Facebook, uh, um, Twitch, on Twitter, Periscope, and uh, obviously on uh, YouTube Live. So follow that. Follow the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. Um, all details below. And um, yeah, follow everybody. We, we have a big little company here. We have a lot of fun doing what we're doing. And reach out if you want a job. Yeah, Reach I mean, out. there's a million ways to get a hold of Mark. He's all over the social media. DM him. Send a, for example, again, if you're looking, you think you might have something to contribute on the podcast network, keep supporting. And I want to say thank you, everyone. Thank you, all those people who every week retweet, like, helps share the stuff coming out of Black and Absolutely. Gold. I am proud to be a member of this team. Uh, I think some of you crack me up, and then some of you are just like... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but thank you to the Bruins family out there and the other podcasts that we try to support and they support us. Uh, I could do a list, but maybe next week we will because there's a million of them that we could mention. Uh, but thank you. But also that being some said, we won't. Um, <laughs> we're a good drug. So push us on your friends and family who exactly. like hockey. I listen to hockey podcasts, not in the Bruins. I know Mark loves being insulated in his little Bruins world, but Inga listens to like three bazillion other people's podcasts podcast too like right before the season when i had to make sure i had enough podcasts to cover all our division rivals this year um when i had some I'm like oh i'm like i only have two pittsburgh ones i gotta find me another podcast i'm crazy so maybe just have some nhl minded people you know i slip the general nhl in here when mark's not looking every now and then if i can yes just as do. long as i can make it bruins related right uh right now i have to say i see this tweet uh with nick ritchie 
uh, in these pictures, and it's an image I never wanted to see. So with that being said, I think that's all, my friend, for this week episode. And before we leave, I do want to shout out show sponsor, betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. And uh, also, uh, shout out to our, our new sponsor, Blue Chew. Uh, please check them out, bluechew.com, and use code BLACK AND GOLD. All capital letters, please. So uh, thank you so much, for Blue Chew, for coming on the program. Hopefully we can create a long-lasting um, uh, relationship, which is uh, always good in the podcast world and in the sack. So yeah. let's um, support our show sponsors, and we certainly appreciate that. But with that being said, before this system crashes... I'm going to say my name is Mark Allred, the host of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Her name is Heather Ingerson, and we will be back next week. Peace. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.